Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm very pleased to welcome the Executive Director of Lifeline Recovery Center in Paducah, Kentucky, Mrs. Ashley Miller. How are you today, Ashley? I'm doing good. Thank you, Clay. Thanks for talking with me today. Lifeline Recovery Center used to be known to people in Paducah as Paducah Lifeline Ministries and Ladies Living Free. You recently changed the name. Why did you do that? We have noticed that we've always had an um, identity problem in the community. And so whenever we looked at trying to strategize how we could improve our identity and set us apart from other people and other ministries in the community, we noticed that um, a group of us got together and just really brainstormed on how we could best suit and best fit Lifeline. And so um, I always like to say Lifeline is who we are. Recovery is what we do, and center gives it a place. And so whenever you Google ministries just in this area alone, there's over 20 different ministries in this area, and we, we continue to get calls um, where people thought that we were Paducah Cooperative Ministries because you can see how the names used to relate and just so forth. So, um, you know, that was one of the first things that we did in 2020 just to, you know, we wanted to be set apart. For folks outside of our area who may not be familiar with your organization, what is your mission? Our mission is to provide Christ-centered solutions to men and women with drug and alcohol addictions. Everyone can relate to having addictions or other things in our lives that can become overwhelming or even controlling, but chemical addictions have a different recovery path than many other challenges people may face. The chemical simply doesn't care how much someone may want to do the right thing. What are some of the keys to success in recovering from chemical addictions? So you're right there. Chemical does not discriminate. Um, it doesn't care who you come from. It doesn't care your background, who your parents are, anything like that. And so one of our key components to success is the long duration of our program. We're a nine-month program. Six months of that is residential with three months of aftercare. And then a lot of our staff have been in recovery and actually benefited from this program or another. And so that's another thing that sets us apart and that I think um, is a big component to our success. That's great. You and your husband are both alumni of this program and great success stories. And now you're running the whole program. Can you step us through how that came to be? Yes, we are both alumni, and we both benefited from this program by the grace of God. Um, it was my third treatment center. Um, I entered this program in 2013, and I think that the other recovery programs I went to, they were good. Um, I was able to stay sober for a little bit, but I always turned back. And I think one thing I was missing, I know one thing I was missing was a relationship with God. And that's what this program introduced me to. Um, not only, you know, am I proud that we are cross-centered, but we have structure here. And that was one thing that I missed in my life. Um, a lot When you're living that lifestyle, that's not something that you carry as structure in your life. And um, so, you know, um, going through the program, I felt more love and, um, you know, just forgiveness. I had to learn 
those proper steps in order for me to find out who I really was because I had run and tried to cover up my identity. I didn't know who I was for years upon years. Um, but going through the program, I learned who I was. I had a relationship with the Lord. I was given the um, recovery tools to be able to maintain a sobriety and my sobriety um, going on eight years now. And so um, my husband actually um, saw the difference that the program was making in me. And honestly, our marriage had gone through everything that you can think of under the sun. Um, we actually had divorce papers, you know, filed and we were on the verge of getting a divorce because we just didn't know what else to do. We both wanted um, a happy life and to be able to provide for each other, but we didn't. I come from an addiction background, my parents, and then so did his. So we did not have, um, you know, the tools. We did not know how to do it. And so by him seeing the change in me, he started... You know, he would tell me, I want what you have. I can see the peace. I can see the happiness. I can see the true joy that you're carrying in you today. And so I just started praying and I started asking him if he would be willing to go to a treatment center. And um, he had never gone to a treatment center before. And so, of course, it was, I was the one, the little hard-headed probably. But, um, you know, he, he saw the change in me and, um, you know, through my nagging and through God, he ended up coming to Lifeline. And so the men's center and, um, you know, through that time period, he struggled with, um, withdrawals really bad and he had to be hospitalized on five different occasions because of the severity of the withdrawals. And, and so, you know, there was a, a time period there where I wasn't for sure that he was going to be able to make it. And he said that he, you know, told himself one day, I'm either going to die from the withdrawals or I'm going to die from the addiction. And so he said, you know, he just continued to give it just one more day, just one more shot. And so, um, you know, through the program, it hasn't been easy, especially at the beginning. But, um, you know, we were, we just, once we graduated from the program, we just continued to stay connected. And that's one thing I love about Lifeline is because, you, you don't graduate and we send you on your way. You know, we want you to come back. We want you to stay connected because it's through other people's lives that, you know, you're able to pass down that hope to the ones that's currently in the program. And so we both volunteered and um, for a couple years and just stayed connected with them. And we both um, started in, as staff in 2015. That's a great story. And you mentioned forgiveness, Ashley, and you reminded me of something C.S. Lewis wrote. If we don't forgive ourselves, even when God has forgiven us, then we're setting ourselves up as a higher authority even than him. So it's important for people to know it's okay to forgive yourself. In fact, it's very necessary to forgive ourselves when we have repented of something. Yes, you just give me the chills thinking about it because I can remember that was one of the hardest things for me in the program because I knew the things that I had done, you know, um, I knew the people that I had hurt. And so it's, it's so hard to forgive ourselves and to give ourselves grace because even in, you know, whenever you're walking as a productive member of society and you're not living that lifestyle of addiction, I still think we're harder on ourselves than anybody else. You know, it's easy to forgive your kids. It's easy to forgive your spouse. But when it comes to our own self, we have a tendency, I know, 
I do to beat myself up when I make mistakes and stuff. And so um, whenever I was going through the program, I kept hearing about forgiveness and grace and mercy. And it was like, how can I forgive myself? You know, I, you know, I have hurt so many people. Um, I literally had lost custody of my daughter three different times. You know, I, I struggled with unworthiness. I struggled with all of that, that, that surrounds that. And, um, I remember distinctly one day, um, you know, I was praying and I said, how do I do this? You know? And he said, the Lord told me that day, he said, if I can forgive you, who are you not to forgive yourself? And it just, you know, it kind of broke me at that moment. And I was like, yes, I kind of got it. And it wasn't overnight by no means, but it was, you know, they describe it as like an onion, the, the layers of an onion starting to slowly peel away. And, um, you know, I just started realizing that, you know, he does forgive us and he's, he meets us right where we're at all up in our mess. And he just wants the love and he just wants, you know, us to come to him. And so, um, you know, that was, that was life changing for me. That's really powerful. Now for your program at Lifeline Recovery Center, you mentioned that it is a long-term program. Is it set up in stages or how is it organized? It is. And so we have um, three different phases and each phase is 90 days long. And so the first phase is where they really, they come in, they are, um, they stay together as a group. They go to about 15 different classes along with, um, we have counselors on staff now. Um, They go to group therapy and they really, um, you know, that's where they bond and that's where they they build the relationships with one another and some of these relationships they last a, a lifetime and so during that first initial phase they go to church three times a week um they're learning really the life skills and it's that renewing of your mind you know it's getting you still long enough to see that there's a better life out here for you um and so we keep them busy when they're not in class and in the clinical component of the program, then they're volunteering. Um, that's a big component of our program is giving back because our community is so gracious to us. So, you know, that's one of the least, the, the minor things that we can do is give back to our community. So we keep them busy, the men and the women, they both do community service. And um, so that first initial phase, they go through everything from parenting to anger management classes, job jobs for life classes where they practice real life um, interviews they they write their resume um, kind of get them ready for the workforce and so the second phase is also 90 days and that is where we help them find a job locally so we want to get them back employed we want to get them standing on their own two feet we want to get them um, you know back into the society but also they still have one foot in the program so they they go through um they, we help them get a job, we transport them to and from, um, and they are to report back as soon as they get off work. They attend classes and groups in the evening. And um, so that phase right there is really kind of, you know, slowly adapting them back into society. And then um, they do that for 90 days, and that's the residential portion. And then the last 90 days is what we call aftercare. And that is if you have a safe place to go home, you can go home and return back um, for classes. Of course, random drug screens. You still have to be compliant with the program and all the rules. Um, and you still have to show that you're going to your um, two church services and two uh, meetings every week. 
And so if they, that's if they go home. If they don't have a safe place to go home, we provide transitional housing here on both properties. And it's just $125 a week. And that includes everything. That includes transportation. That includes everything. So, you know, because a lot of our clients do not have a safe place to go home. They're going back into the same type of environment that they came from. And so we want to be able to provide a safe environment for them. And our transitional house, actually, they both on both campuses stay full because they know it's a safe place. They know that they've got love and support here. Um, you know, they can save. Um, a lot of them are having to attend DUI classes to get their license back. Um, a lot of them are, you know, there's just different things that they're having to go through and sometimes different barriers, but we help them throughout the, you know, throughout it all. Even after they graduate, they can still stay here. We don't have a time limit on it. So, um, you know, as long as we have the space for you, you're more than welcome to stay. But that third phase, um, you know, they still have to comply with the rules. If you stay on property, you have to make you have to turn in your check stub we make sure that you're budgeting so it's not just a flop house you know we make sure that they're doing the rules and um, saving for that next season of life now ashley you mentioned the residential portion of the program what sort of capacity do you have and what challenges do you have to meet this demand so on our residential portion i would say um you know we have to turn away probably four out of five applicants because of just, you know, the budget constraint and then capacity constraints that um, we're, you know, living third right now. But, um, you know, we have plans and we're improving constantly. And so um, right now, you know, we are full at the men's facility. We can accommodate right at 45 and that's uh, first, second and third. That's full capacity at the women's. 27 and so our hope is in the near future you know to be able to increase that a little bit but um but yeah the demand is much higher than we can provide for the need you have some construction happening but what are some of your future plans for lifeline recovery center so at the men's campus um, i'm happy to say that we opened the first dormitory um february 2020 and that dormitory can accommodate 24 men and so that's going to be our that is our phase one building that building alone was 250,000, and our board actually pledged the you know our board and a few fr close friends they paid for that and so we didn't have to you know fundraise outside of our normal operations for that building alone and so that like i said that opened up february 2020 and now um we are building the second dormitory number two that's going to accommodate um, second and third phase so we're going to have 20 in the in the front it's kind of identical to dormitory number one and then in the back of that dorm it's going to have bedroom style living corners and so in each bedroom will house um, two men and so that's going to be for the ones that are in the transition house you know we want that to be a little bit more homey feeling because they don't have to be here they're choosing to be here so they're going to have their own living quarters in the back where they don't have to interrupt um, the other ones in the residential and so that dormitory itself is 450 or 475,000 and we are right we have raised 80 percent of that so we're right around 95,000 left to go um, and our hope is to have that done and um all the money raised for that by July and so that is a, a good a great need that we have right now if you are interested in making a um, legacy or an impact um, you know for if the Lord's leading you to you know please contact me um, but 
that is at the men's campus and so the women's campus is next and we're building right now um a strategy you know for what we're going to do over there but um we're soon you know once we get this done our next step is to start at the women's center and, and with a dormitory over there so it's important to note for those who may be inspired to support this great organization and i hope you will be Lifeline Recovery Center is a 501c3 organization. All contributions are tax deductible. How do people find you online? Just search for Lifeline Recovery Center? Yep, and we will pop up, and there's numerous ways to give. Um, We just um, created a new leaving a legacy. So if you wanted to put us in your will or beneficiary or anything like that, um, there's ways to give online. We've we've got, um, you know, you can contribute monthly one-time check we have we have text to give so um you know we can pretty much meet meet you where you're at if you're you know if you feel inspired to give um just contact me i'll be happy to give a tour of both campuses so you can come out here and you can really see firsthand um of what's going on and and you know the work that's being done so that is great and i can attest the people going through your programs are both inspired and inspiring Now, how is it possible for your programs to have such a high success rate compared to others? And how do you measure that success? So our success rate is 63%, and that is determined off of a client that completes the entire program. So they have to complete all nine months of the program, and then we, you know, we keep them connected and um, then we touch base with them a year later and to see how they're doing. So it's 21 months in all of sobriety, and that's how we track our success rate. And we're still small enough where if you graduate, you're going to stay connected, you know, because that, I think that is the secret sauce, that and Jesus Christ, of course. But, um, you know, staying connected, getting back involved, and that's one thing that we always encourage is because we have so many different classes so we can stick you volunteering somewhere, like co-facilitating a class or just coming up here and hanging out, um, you know. But I think that is, I think that is one of the key components, the most important component, that um, you know is one of the benefits of the success. Right, and because you are independent, you have the flexibility to share the gospel truth alongside the life skills and the science-based recovery elements of your programs. That is correct, yes. And we have a million-dollar budget, and um, 75% of our budget is made up of donations, and the other 25% is made up of student fees. And so, um, but yes, we, you know, especially last year, you know, looking at the pandemic and fundraising, we were kind of scratching our heads wondering, like, what is what is this going to look like this year? And I don't think any nonprofit was really prepared for what we faced last year. But, um, you know, God just showed up and showed out again. Our biggest annual fundraiser is our banquet. And it's always in person, at least 500 people. Um, And so we turned that into a virtual event last year. We reached more people. We we raised more money. And and so that was a huge success. And and so then our golf outing, um, we were able to have an in-person golf outing thanks to Paxton Park. Um, They were able to put the plexiglass in the golf carts. And so, you know, you didn't have any type of contact. So... Um, but yes, we had more community support last year and, um, you know, the, the events that we did have, they raised more money than any year before. So it was just, it's nice to see that, 
um, because we were all, you know, a little worried in the beginning. I think everybody, you know, was kind of, what is this going to look like? I would say Paducah is the most generous community I'm aware of. I lived all over the country and coming back here after a career in the Air Force, I'm just amazed at how generous people are here. I do hope the banquet will be in person again this year, Ashley. It was at one of those banquets I first met you and your husband. You two shared your testimony and it was just overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I know that banquet, um, you know, it's a special event and we get live testimonies up there and you get to see it firsthand. You get to see the people firsthand and hear from them and you know, there's just nothing better. I mean, you walk away from that event every year. I know I do just inspired and just very thankful that um, there's places like this, especially in Paducah, Kentucky, that is just helping. Um, you know, we're on the front lines every day, um, just, you know, trying to lend a hand up. Now, from your perspective as executive director of Lifeline Recovery Center, Ashley, why is the need for such programs so great particularly in our region of the country well i wish i had the answers to that um but one thing i do know is this you know unfortunately i don't see it getting any better it's just uh it's just the opioids and they're just so addicting and you know you can just hear the stories from the clients and and sometimes it's from you know an accident that they encounter from a surgery or um, you know, a DUI or something like that. And then sometimes it's, it's, they've been living this lifestyle so long that it's something that started in middle school, you know, but, um, I do know it's, it's everywhere. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Um, but you know, it's unfortunate. What sorts of things could society be doing to assist with prevention before places like Lifeline have to try to be the cure? I think just educating yourself and then having those talks, those tough talks that make you feel uncomfortable um, with your children and with your family. And but, um, you know, it's education because nobody wakes up and just says, hey, I want to become an addict today. I want to become an alcoholic. Um, I want to, you know, completely throw away my life and hurt everybody around me. Nobody does that. It's something that gradually that usually are just having fun on the weekends. And, you know, it, it turns in. Um, to an addiction before you know it. And so I think, you know, just continuing to educate yourself and um, having the talks with your family and also just not judging and understanding if you do see somebody that is struggling, it's more than just willpower, you know. It's more than just because I promise you they want to quit. They don't want to be tied down to this substance every single day, you know. And so um, sometimes it's just offering a hand um, you know, educating them, but um, definitely not judging, you know, not looking down on that individual. That's important. You mentioned grace and mercy a few times. Folks who know the true meaning of those words realize we all have need for mercy and for grace. It's overwhelming when we recognize that God has given us mercy and grace. So when we have an opportunity to show that to someone else in need, it, it is powerful. So here you are, Ashley Miller, Executive Director of Lifeline Recovery Center. Did you ever see this path? It's a lot of responsibility. It is. <laughs> it's a whole lot, I know. And, um, but I am completely honored and, you know, 
humbled by this opportunity. And it just shows that, man, I, I walked into that program with just a little ounce of hope, just a little bit. And that's all he needs because he completely flipped my script. And, you know, just by um, staying connected and um, he's turned my pain into my passion, my mess into my message. And I just want to offer that same hope to somebody else to show them that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how bad your life is. You know, if you just continue to live for him and take it day by day, I mean, what he's done in my life, he wants to do and others and so I'm there's nothing special about me um, but you know I'll, I'm honored thank you so much Ashley Miller God bless you core principles podcast is produced in Paducah Kentucky by real productions music is by late July l-e-i-g-h-t July you can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com thank you for joining us today for this episode of the core principles podcast Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information and please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.